Uh, we're going to start off things a little bit differently this morning. Why don't you guys stand? Uh, we love our relationships around here at LCC. It's why we put such, one of the reasons why we put such a big emphasis on our cell groups. So why don't you turn to somebody near you? And if somebody's not near you, go find someone, shake their hand, tell them good morning, tell them your name if you don't know them. Ask them how their week has been. Maybe if they have some plans, get to know them a little bit. You've got some time. Well, good morning, everyone. Buenos dias. I wanted to welcome everyone here and thanking Brett and the team for leading us in worship this morning. Uh, but I wanted to say welcome to all of us that are here in the building. You've chosen to worship with us on this beautiful weekend. And for those that are uh, visiting, and uh, we, we welcome you here as well. And those that are watching and connecting with us online, we're glad that you've chosen to do that uh, with us this morning. Uh, my name is Josh Rodriguez, and I serve on the staff here as the building coordinator, working and taking care of the building and the grounds. But I have a few announcements that I want to uh, share with you, uh, especially for those that are brand new or new-ish. If you're looking to share some of that info and, and connect with us and find out more about the church, and, and as well as any of the events that are coming up, you can find that on mylcc.info. That's a great resource for everyone if you want to find out a little more. And, and with these announcements, we got a couple things that are coming up. Uh, the first one being that we're going to have baptisms in June. And so if you are interested in being baptized, if you'd like to find out a little more information, what does it mean uh, for me to take that step into baptism, then uh, by all means, connect with us, talk to us as a staff, share that info on, again, mylcc.info, and we will follow up with you. Uh, second, we have groups. Here at Life Community Church, we just really emphasize that true life and full life, it is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone, but it's not to be done in isolation. So we encourage everyone to get plugged into groups where you can connect, where you can get to know others and just kind of journey together. So if you'd like to find out more info about groups, starting groups, being a group, again, that'll be found on mylcc.info. And then the last announcement I have is you've noticed this really nice weather that we've been having recently. Hopefully you're getting outside or at least uh, just glad that it's not as cold as what it used to be. And so we're looking forward to that summer weather and it just staying consistent. So we're looking at a summer event and this summer event is going to be June 23rd. But we are looking for some ideas on what you would like to do for this summer event. What kind of events, what kind of things that you want to uh, do. So if you have any ideas, again, where are we going to check? MyLCC.info. And send your ideas, and we're going to vote on those. And then we will uh, put those ideas together for that event on uh, June 23rd. Okay? Uh, Dan is going to come up and share as we start a new series today. So let me pray for him uh, as, as we uh, go into the next part of the service. God, we want to say thanks for your presence here. We want to say thanks for this incredible weather, uh, the beauty of your creation. We pray that you would just prepare us, that you would open our, our minds, our hearts, and that we would just be in tune with what you want to say through Dan and, and what that calls us to do, what you want us to be as we uh, pursue uh, and, and follow after you with all that we have. 
And we ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you. You all look a little bit lighter. You have a smile on your face. I think it's the weather. It has to be, isn't it? You feeling better? Or do you want winter back? Uh, <laughs> it's great to, to be here. And, uh, you know, we're a family together, and um, we share life together. And Scott and Dandy, I'm really close to you today, I know. You're not uncomfortable, are you? Just making sure not. But we're, we're a family together, and so today we want to talk about how we grow together as a family. We've been looking forward to this series for a long time because we asked this question, what does it mean, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it mean to have like a thriving walk with him? And, and so we set out to kind of look and, and kind of discern what that is and, and wanted to, to come together and, sh- and share those things and actually have a season where we, uh, as a family together in our groups and, and in our families, we, we grow more and we grow closer to Christ through this time. So that's uh, important. Now, last week we, we had an amazing time, Good Friday and Easter, just remembering the cross, remembering his resurrection. And so this series is going to start with kind of somewhat of an assumption that, that you believe that, right? That you believe what Jesus did on the cross for you, um, the way he gave his life for you, that he paid for your sin, and that you're forgiven. And we're building on that now. We're, we're saying, okay, what, what does it look like now? What is Jesus, how does Jesus want us to follow? Um, and so we're looking at postures, seven of them, seven ways that we kind of position our lives in such a way um, that we can grow as disciples. And I want to take the pressure off because, honestly, these things are lifelong pursuits. They're not something we just all... Uh, flip a switch on, and, and we have. There are things that we're going to grow in over time. So I hope that as you look back on your life, and even as you, as later on when you look back, you'll see growth in your life in, in each of these areas. And I'll, I'll just tell you for me, um, every day is one step closer, right, all, for all of us to, to, to being with Jesus. And I feel my mortality more than ever, right? <laughs> I feel the groans in my body. I'm getting older, right? I want my life, I want my life to, be, to count. I want my life to be handed over to Jesus. I want him to take over more and more of my life. And that's the mentality I think, I hope you have that too. And so let's challenge each other. Let's push each other as we, as we move deeper into what it means to follow and to have Jesus just consume and take over our life. Okay, are you ready? Okay, so let's jump in. Week one, okay? Um, back in 1998, uh, we were busy getting ready for, for our, our firstborn, Kip, to come. And I had a pager on my belt, okay? I just aged myself. Some of you have no idea what pagers were, but you would get paged on a little thing, little device, right, to let you know. And um, the time came for his arrival in a, in a Riverside Hospital. He was born. And when he was born, honestly, the world stopped. It felt like it stopped. Uh, for two days, we were in a room in Riverside Hospital, and in that, in that time, everything else faded away. It was one of those rare times where you, you had permission, or at least you gave yourself permission to stop everything. The bills, the work, the expectations of others, just to leave it behind. And we lived in that, in that space like we were present. It's not that the distractions, it's not the responsibilities went away. They were there but they, they left our headspace, right? They, they went to the background. They faded away. 
We were present. It's like we were in this, in this bubble, right? It's, it's, we couldn't be touched. Even though people were coming in and out of our room, nurses and things like that. And perhaps you've had that kind of experience, right? Maybe it's a vacation with, a, with, with family or with a friend, and you get away, and you're just like, man, I'm in a zone. I'm not thinking at all about anything other than being present and connected where I am right now with these people, with the people I'm with. It's a dynamic, right? Now, that experience in the hospital was a picture, though not perfect, it's a picture of what it means to abide. John, in John 15, where we're going to be today, Jesus used that word abide 11 times. And, and John, who wrote actually the gospel and wrote some other letters, he used it another 25 times in those other letters. Clearly, it's an important word for us to know, abide, which in the Greek is manau, which is to stay, to remain, to continue, abide. So as we read John 15 today, I want you, whenever you hear that word abide, I want you to think of those words, to stay, to remain, to continue, okay? So let's read. We're going to read 11 verses in John 15 Jesus' words to his followers, okay, is what we read. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As a father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Abide. Jesus said, abide. Stay in me. Remain in me. Continue in me. He said that to his closest followers before he was about to leave them for the cross, ultimately for a tomb, and then to be risen, and then to return to the Father. Stay in me. Remain in me continue in me. Now, his followers, Jesus' followers, would have understood the vineyard illustration. Vineyards were everywhere at that time. Uh, much of life was centered around them. It's likely they, they walked by them on the way to Jerusalem. They drank wine from them. And in verse 1, Jesus starts to explain some of the characters in this illustration. First, he talks about himself, that he is the true vine. True meaning he's everything that a vine is meant to be spiritually, right? Spiritually. He's the source of life to the branches. We also read in verse 1 that there's another character here, 
It's God, the Father. He's the caretaker of the vineyard. He's overseeing it. He's making sure it's healthy. He's, he's doing pruning in the vineyard so that the branches are productive, so that they can, can bring more fruit forward. Those branches that are not bearing fruit, they have his attention. And a healthy, productive vineyard, it takes work. It takes work. It takes pruning. It has to happen for it to produce fruit. Now, the branches are Jesus' followers, his closest followers. That's us, those of us who know him. In verse 2, it, it describes those in, in this passage, those who are in him, those who have already been made clean. You see it there in verse 3. Meaning this illustration is not about our, our being right with God, right? Because our salvation is based on Jesus alone, right? Only he can make us right. What we read here, though, is really about our, our bearing fruit, our usefulness in the kingdom, our usefulness in the kingdom. So we got to be careful not to, to read things into this, this passage. Now, Jesus goes on to say in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you remain, unless you stay, unless you continue in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. All right. Clearly, we learn some things here. We learn, first of all, Jesus wants us to bear fruit, right? It's his intention that we as his followers bear fruit. Talk about the fruit in a second. We also learn that there's, a, there's like a symbiotic relationship, right? With Jesus and us, we abide together. Now, we know from Scripture that Jesus, when he enters our hearts, he doesn't leave, right? We, on the other hand, have this tendency to unplug from the vine. Now, we learn that when we, when we plug in, when we remain in the vine, the fruit comes. And, and, and from this verse here, we, there can be a lot of fruit that comes when we remain in the vine. If we don't stay in the vine, though, no fruit. No fruit. So what's this fruit Jesus is talking about? This fruit is, has to do with the advancing of God's kingdom, all right? The advancing of his kingdom through, first of all, my transformation, right? God wants to do a work in me. He wants to bring what we know the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. He wants to bring those about in us. He wants to make us like his son. That's part of the fruit. The other part of the fruit is, is the kingdom advancing through bringing the good news to others, to bring the gospel to others. In fact, in the, in the context of this chapter, that's what it is. It's bearing fruit. That's what Jesus is about to tell his friends, to bear witness to who he is. So it's both. It's God's work in our lives, and it's also his work in the world. And I will tell you, that is a beautiful thing. You know, sometimes you read things over and over, and you don't really think about it. The fact that God invites us into partnership with him, partnership with him to actually have an impact on the eternity of other people, through our transformation and through simply telling them about who Jesus is, that is crazy that he invites us into that. That's a beautiful thing. We can't take that for granted, that partnership that he wants to have with us. Now, in verse 6, Jesus goes on. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, there are some of you who read that and you go, 
oh, I'm not sure I'm being useful enough, right? Am I going to get thrown into hell? <laughs> That's what we read, right? We read that, we think, what, what's God going to do with me? Am I not, is he, is he going to throw me away like a branch? Again, this illustration is not about those who are in Christ, okay? This, this has to do with our usefulness. And if you are useful in the kingdom, right, then you will produce fruit. If you're not, then he may remove you from the ability to bear fruit, all right? That doesn't mean he's throwing you into hell. He's, he's removing you from the ability to produce fruit. But who would want that, right? We don't want that. We want to partner with him. We want to do what he intended us to do. But here's the thing. God is a, he's a gentle gardener. And he's going to prune. He's going to help the vineyard be healthy. He's going to help it flourish. So what's it look like to be pruned? Hey, when a brother or sister, if you're disconnected, and a brother or sister comes and says, hey, I've noticed you're disconnected. I want to help you get reconnected, right? God uses that to prune us, to bring us back. God also puts things in our life. We talked about this at our elder team meeting yesterday. Dependence comes, and it's hard, but dependence comes through, through trials, right? When we're tested, when we have no other place to turn but to reconnect into the vine because we've drifted off. Now, it may not feel like it at the time, but that's loving, right? It's loving. Don't you want him to bring you back if you're disconnected with Christ, to bring you back into his presence? Trials often lead us back. I just ask you just to think about that as we interact with the word of God. Are there trials right now that you're going through, right? And we talked about this in James, right? Some of them God is using in our lives. He's, he's trying to redirect us back to the source of life. Could it be that that's happening through some of the trials you're going through? All right, Jesus, we understand. We understand that you want us to, to partner with you in, in this fruit bearing. We understand that you want us to, to be connected, to re receive nourishment, to abide, to remain in you. But how do we do that? How do we do that? Because there's also some of us in the room who look and say, my life is overwhelming. I can't add something else. I can't. I just don't have any more space. I feel like I've got no space in my mind. I've got so many things happening in my life right now, running from one thing to the next. Jesus, how do I abide? How do I do that? He actually gives us some pretty specifics in this passage that we read in John 15. So I want to share some of them with you, and I want you to think about this as far as remaining in Christ, okay? In verse 7, he says, If you abide in me and... My words, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. By this, my Father's glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove you're my disciples. My words. You know, last verse, right, we talked about the, the dead branches being use, useless. We, this, we see that the, the branches that are connected are, are alive. And not only are they useful, but they have some access in their partnership with Jesus. They can ask things, of course, according to his will, but they can ask things. They can see things happen. But Jesus wants us to remain in, as it says here, his 
words. We abide in him by remaining, by staying connected to his words, to what he said. You can read about what he said, right, in the Gospels. We, we have his words in the Gospels. You know, words are important. When we, when we lived in Chicago, we had this, this older couple, um, Don and Ann Roos, R-O-O-S was their last name, Roos. And um, they were older. We were newly married. They would give us, you know, advice. And we took it in as, as a young couple. And one of the things they told us was, it's really funny, they said, listen, if a deal comes along and it's too good to be true and it just seems like this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, don't stretch yourself to do it. That opportunity will come around again. It'll come around again. In another way, maybe, but it will come around again. Don't feel like this is it. You've got to make this decision. Those were their words to us. And you know what? We stayed in those words, right? Um, my boys know this. It's the roost principle, right? To their displeasure. Oh, we know, we know the roost principle. We've continued in their words. We didn't just hear what they said, but we actually live that out. We remind each other. And when it comes up, when we're faced with that decision, this opportunity, oh, this came along. I can't believe it. It's going to stretch us, though. Oh, remember, the ruse principle, right? We actually stay in their words. Their words abide in us. They remain in us. Now, John said in 1 John 2.24, he said this. He said, let what you heard from the beginning, all right, this is all that Jesus said, all that he did, the gospel, let it abide in you, let it remain in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. You want to abide in Jesus. Remain in his words. Remain in what he said. Return to it often. All words, man, they are important. They're important. We have, there's a lot of words out there, right? A lot of words we take in, a lot of words we listen to or we read. And I will tell you, we got to know this as, as followers of Jesus, words will shape us. Words will shape us. We have to be very careful. The podcasts we listen to, the books we read, the media that we take in, the news we take in, because it'll shape us, especially the news that we drink from where we remain, where we go back again and again and again and drink from, right? And we've got to beware because there are places out there, there are echo chambers, I call them, right? Places where you can go and you can just drink from what they're selling, drink from their worldview, what they're presenting. There's a lot of false voices out there. They're there for their agenda, for their gain, and they, they have messages like, we've got it, we've come here, this is the truth, right? Don't go, don't go to that other place. They're, they're not good. Be safe here with us. I want to tell you, be really careful to those places that you return to again and again. They will shape you. They just will. Our go-to place as his followers are his words, his words. Not what others said about his words, though we can benefit from that, but our go-to place are his words what he said. And do you know that the role, actually, of the Holy Spirit that God has put in the life of a believer in Jesus is to remind us, what does it say? To bring to your remembrance all that I have said. That's Jesus talking, all that I have said to you. That's his job, to remind us of what? Jesus' words. 
So important. Remain in his words. And you abide in him. There's another path in this John 15 section that we read in John 15, 9. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide, remain, stay, continue in my love. So how do we abide in Jesus? We abide, we stay, we remain in Jesus' love for us, right? John tells us that God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. I have a friend who says to me, hey, would you remind me? Would you remind me of Jesus' love for me? Would you remind me? Because he, like all of us, right, we forget. We get disconnected. We forget about the love of, of, of the Father, the love of the Son. And when we're disconnected, we start looking to other places, don't we? For worth and for, for love. And sometimes we start believing lies about our worth and where it's found. Brothers and sisters, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us, right? The song says. He loves us. Who else would leave their throne to come down as a baby and to experience what he experienced to win you and to win me? Who else would do that? He loves us. But when we disconnect, we forget. And we've got to remain in his love. Abiding in his love leads us to him, to abiding in him. There's more. There's more. How else do we abide in him? Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. You keep my commandments, right? Just as, this is Jesus talking, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that you may have joy in you. And it may be a full kind of joy. Wow. Now we get hung up on commandments, don't we? That's a rule, man. I don't follow any rules. We want freedom. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. What we don't understand and what Jesus knows is that freedom, he has freedom in his commandments. His commandments bring true freedom. That's why our joy can be made full. And Jesus is, is simply saying, listen, you do what I ask. If you do what I ask, that's going to help you remain. You do what I ask. And he modeled that in his life for us. In good times, in excruciating times, he obeyed. He lives with the, the Spirit and the Father in this relationship, this trinity, right, where there's complete love and there's there's obedience, there's submission in this. So we need to remain in doing what he asked. Now, John not only reinforces these things that we talked about, these ways, these kind of paths to abiding, right? But he gives us another one in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, when he says, this is his commandment. It's to believe in the Son, and it's to what? Love one another. Love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given to us. 
Listen, we remain. We stay. We continue by loving one another, by loving our community, loving brothers and sisters. John reinforces this. He says, listen, if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is is perfected in us. See, something happens when we love one another. We are drawn back to Jesus, right? Now, you notice here, Jesus talks about fruit at the beginning, and obviously, that's a goal, right? But where's our focus to be? It's on abiding. It's on being connected. Some of us, we look past that, and we say, gosh, I'm just not producing any fruit in my life. I, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to make fruit happen. You abide. That's our focus. We abide, and Jesus does, Jesus does the rest. We abide with him. He makes the fruit happen. Okay, I want to take a turn, because last time I spoke on this, a couple years ago, I talked a lot about bearing fruit, and I want to talk more about abiding. Um, how do we do that? How do we do that in the day-to-day? Do we need to move? Do we need to go to Montana? I love Montana. You know, I think that could be the place of abiding, the perfect place. Um, stay with me here, because earlier we, I talked about the bubble, right, at, at the hospital. The, the bubble is this, the, the dynamic that we live in where other things fade away, and, and, and our hearts and minds are set with, with another person here. And with Jesus, this, this, this dynamic of abiding, it's, it's, it's where distractions, they fade away, where we're present, where we're, we're connected with him, right? But it's not limited to a hospital. It's not limited to a place. It's meant to be a, a present dynamic. It's meant to go with us. The bubble moves, right? The bubble moves, we are to abide with Jesus in all things, and, and yet there are times when we need to leave everything and be with the Father, be with Jesus, because that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus lived perfectly present with the Father, with the Spirit. He walked with them as he went throughout his day, but he still, he had to leave. He had to leave for more focused time with the Father, more focused times of remaining with him. So let's talk about this dynamic real quick of setting your hearts and minds on things above, which really is what Tom talked about last week when we talk about setting our minds where Jesus is, right? That's what we're to do now. So let's talk about this, this uh, bubble here, okay? And stay with me, okay? Stay with me. So in, in this bubble, it's Jesus and me, right? He's my sole focus. It's where I'm supposed to set my heart and my mind. And hovering around this, are this is this dynamic of being remaining in his words, in his love, in his community, his commands. All of these things, they draw us back. They draw us back to abiding, right? Now, here's where things break down for us. Oftentimes, what we do is we take the areas of our life, right, and we, we, they live outside. They live outside this dynamic that's supposed to go with us, right? So when it comes to the day-to-day, um, we, choose, we, like, leave. I'm going to go do this, and Jesus, I'll be back, okay? Be back on Sunday, be back at small group or whatever, right? But what Jesus wants us to do is actually to bring these into, into this, where there's an active awareness of his presence in these areas, where, meaning it's, it's me and Jesus in my family. It's me and Jesus in my work, in my ministry. When I'm going through hardship, when something hits me, it's me and Jesus in that. 
I don't leave. He wants to walk through that with me. He wants me to live with an awareness to practice his presence throughout my days. And Jesus, he did this. He did this, but here's the deal. We, we're not Jesus. I don't know if you noticed, but we're not Jesus. We're prone to distraction. We're prone to this, this leaving, right? This leaving or this losing our attention, not being aware of his presence in our lives. And in any area, we can take like an off-ramp, right? We can, we can leave. We can choose to do that. It's just a reality. Sometimes it's a, it's a limitation we have. It's part of, I think, our sin nature to do this. It's why Jesus had to die on the cross. It's part of the sin he paid for. So we can take these off-ramps where we go, go solo. So, for instance, in our family, right, we can, we can take an off-ramp and go on a vacation. Two weeks later, we come back or a week or whatever, however long you take a vacation, and we're like, oh, that's right, Jesus. Yeah. Or we can go binge Netflix or whatever it is. We can go just leave and forget, right? So what do we do about that? What do you do about when we take an off-ramp? Well, I think one of the things we do is we got to realize that there's a clock ticking, right? And this is the mentality we need to have as followers of Jesus. I have to return quickly to him and to an awareness of his presence. Why? Why do we need to do that? Because the Bible describes this enemy we have, all right, that is hovering, always hovering around. He's, he's a lion who's looking to devour He's looking to, to, he's calling us to abide anywhere other than with Jesus. He's calling us. He's a master at shifting our attention, distraction, new shiny things, right? He knows that distraction is going to sever our connection with Jesus. And ultimately, it's going to affect fruit, right? It's going to affect our branch. So, you take work, for example, right? Now, we know work is something that is for him. It's from him. It's a good thing. But we can just take an area like that, and we can say, we're going we're gonna to leave an awareness of Jesus there. And if we're not careful, we can stay there, and we can build an idol there, right? An enemy's going to look to sever the path, and then he's going to look to grow that idol so that it covers it becomes our focus. Guys, we are in a battle. We are in a battle. We got to realize that Ephesians 6 talks about the fact that we need to suit up for this battle. Some of you did the screw tape letters this last Wednesday. You probably have, you're probably more aware, right, right now of the way the enemy works than you were before reading that book because you start to see how cunning he is and how, manipulate, how he manipulates things to get our attention to something else. You know, that's why these things, we talk about them a lot around here, right? <laughs> these phones. That's why these can be such a problem. Because we see it, right? When sin is unregulated, what do we do? We, we have companies targeting us to abide. It's what they're doing, right? They want us to abide. They want us to stay. They want us to remain here. And that's not what Jesus wants for us, to remain there. That sounds like the work of a roaring lion to me, right? A lion who's looking to devour. 
to get us our, our, our attention off Jesus. So we've got to be really careful. Some of us right now, this is our story. It's, it's, it's in, in whatever area, and maybe many of them, we've, we've left an awareness of God's presence with us in those areas. We're, we're going through the motions where we've exited in some way. We've taken an off-ramp. We're no longer abiding. We've, we've left, and we're feeling maybe the effects of that because it's not too long before you get disconnected from the vine before you start to feel things. Things like, I'm lonely. Life, life doesn't seem to matter. I'm not sure. I, I don't see a lot of hope. I, I'm kind of just self-focused. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm worried. I'm fearful. That's, those are the places we end up. We can end up. When we try to do life without living in the presence of the one who saved us. So if we're going to stay connected, if we're going to remain, we got to do what he's told us. And we just talked about it, right? We have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And I think, I really do, this is the big thought. If you want to say ding, 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 big thought of the day, right? Is that we, we've got to have a rhythm in our life. A rhythm. A rhythm that, that has staying in his words, a part of it, that has doing what he says, that has reminders of his love for us, right? When we stay in his words, right, we're, we memorize, we listen, we, we focus in, we, we apply his words. They're a part of our life. When we do what he says, we, we bring up what he says, and we talk about, are we doing that? We talk about it with each other. When we talk about loving in community, you know, are we loving, are we a part of a community? Jesus did these things. And if you're telling yourself you don't have time for this, if you can't afford to abide, just let me speak truth to you. You cannot afford not to abide. You can't afford not to have a rhythm of abiding. And that's how important it is. It's important. It was important to Jesus to be connected. Right? Think about it. He left behind doing ministry. He was healing people. He left the crowds behind. He made space and time for the Father. He got away from the distractions, solitude. Sometimes he went off by himself. Sometimes he went off with others to pray, to be connected. You see, to Jesus, proximity was essential. Proximity was essential. Proximity to the Father. Now, I just talked about these phones. You have a phone, right? Um, you probably, uh, like me, as soon as you unplug your phone, right, it starts, the battery goes down. That's how they're made. And you likely have a charger, right? You have one probably at home. You probably have multiple chargers. You probably have one in your car. You probably have one at work, at school, whatever it is. You take it with you, right? And when it dies, when the battery dies, when you take it to the edge, some of us like to live on the edge, right? We're less than 10%, right? We're living on the edge. And you say, oh, man, the battery died. I lost my charge. I lost it. And it's because we forgot to plug back in. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to our Savior, 
we, we just need to have the mentality. We need to be continually plugged in. We need to be continually plugged in because here's the deal. We are functioning. We really are. We're functioning with batteries that are like 10%, if that. That's the max, right? And so when we get in the car, we got to plug in with him. When we go to work, we got to plug in with him. When we get home, we got to plug in. In every area of our life, we got to have that mentality to plug in. That's a state of mind. So as we close today, I just want to say in John 15, tell, Jesus says there's a special way to live with him. And it's this dynamic that isn't contained to a space. It's, it's, it's mobile. It's portable. It's life-giving. It's a way of, of orienting our lives around him. where our hearts and minds are set above. So the problem is the lack of rhythm, the lack of connection, the compartmentalizing of our lives, right? Living with a deadness. Our rhythm can actually lead us away from, from life with him, not towards him. So I want to call the band up. And as I do, I just want to reflect for a moment. I want you to reflect about where God might be speaking in this time. Because I think today is a call for us to, as we start this series on what it means to, to be a disciple, to have a flourishing life with Jesus, right? Today is a call for us to, to reexamine to look at the rhythm of our lives. Will life with Jesus win out? Will it be first in my life? Are our lives set up with this rhythm of, that draws us back into remaining with him so we can return quickly, so we can remain with him? And I just want to say, I mean, it's, you may feel like you're far off. Like, how could he... How could he take me back? But the fact is, he's told us in his words, he's never left. If you know him, he's never left. He doesn't leave. It's us. We leave, right? And his invitation today is more real than it's ever been to come back, to live life with him. He wants to walk through the stuff, the junk, the hopelessness, the depression, the loneliness, whatever it is. He came to die for that. So the road back today starts with repentance. Repentance is a word that simply means I'm changing direction. It's like my rhythm is not working. My rhythm's not working for me. I need Jesus. I need a new rhythm. When this life ends, when all's said and done, when we strip it all away, it's, it's us and Jesus. It's us and Jesus, and he wants us. So we're going to do something different today. We don't do this a lot, but I want to invite you. We're going to sing a song, and if you feel prompted and you want somebody to pray with you about this or if there's something else going on, we want to invite you to come down even as we're singing, and I, I want to pray with you, and there are others here too who are ready to pray too, but we, we want this series. We want this time to grow deeper with Jesus. 
So let's sing. Stand with me, would you? And if you want to come down, love to pray with you. But let's worship and remember our relationship with him. First, God, we just want to glorify your name today. We want to thank you for your presence, God. And we confess the times when we have taken your presence for granted. God, as we leave this place today, we want to take you with us in every area of our life. God, grow us in our abiding. And everybody said, amen. It's been an amazing morning worshiping with you all. And before you leave, we just want to remind you one last time about our summer event happening in June. If you haven't gone online and voted yet, go to mylcc.info and put in your ideas. Let's abide with him this week. We'll see you later.